Hi, this is Bill Prater, and welcome to Business Builder Show, where we feature business leaders from all over the planet. Our mission is to provide you with timely, provocative, and actionable resources that inspire, promote, and accelerate your quest for business excellence. Today's episode is The Secrets of Government Contracting, and we'll do that with Kizzy Parks, and she, as a kid would clean golf balls located in an alley behind her friend's house and resell them through the fence to golfers. She used the money to buy Funnins and Nutty Bars. Today, though, she owns and operates multiple businesses and has over $60 million in federal government contract awards. And through uh, GovCon winners, her company, Ultimate Edge, she helps service-based small business owners learn exactly how to win profitable government contracts. And uh, we'll have some more surprises as we get down the road, but Kizzy, it's great to have you here. Well, thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a fantastic pleasure to have you here with me. Now, here's the question. You ready? Yes. Who do you serve exactly? Oh, I serve everyone. I mean, I serve everyone. I serve, I serve God. I serve everyone in the sense of if you are a person who's interested in federal contracts, I serve through a lot of my free content on YouTube and other platforms. I also own three government contracting companies. And while I don't run those, I still serve every single one of our clients and every single one of my amazing team members. That's fantastic. I love, I own and don't run. That's beautiful. That's one of the things I I, I coach my clients, Kizzy, to get to that point, to get out of being an owner operator and get to be an investor in your own businesses. So way to go. So what problems do these people that you describe have in common that you solve for them? Typically, it's someone who perhaps their business has had a lot of success with maybe state, local government, private sector, or maybe even as a subcontractor, and they're interested in this government contracting space. They don't really know where to begin. Maybe they're even certified. Maybe they even are on a GSA schedule. But at the end of the day, they've really never won any government work. They just know it seems lucrative, but they don't even really know where to start. Yeah, I imagine many of them have not even applied for anything to do with the government. So tell me how you would typically go about solving this problem for somebody. And maybe the best way, if you could just think of a case study, somebody that you can remember and just walk through how you help such and such a person solve the following problem. That'd probably help all of us learn uh, what you do very well. Well, the first thing is really breaking down where the person wants to go. More than likely with your audience is probably, you're probably entrepreneurs, but in case you're not, if you're a solopreneur, first and foremost, a clear understanding, are you looking to be an expert or are you looking to be an entrepreneur in the government contracting space? Because there's a lot of opportunities to be a subject matter expert, to be compensated for one niche, or you can be like the IBMs, Lockheed Martins, Deloitte, 
and you take an entrepreneurial approach and you're bidding on a variety of profitable contracts, it's just that they don't talk about the janitorial work or the curriculum development work that they have. They instead may highlight the big flashy kind of opportunities, but at the end of the day, when you take that entrepreneurial route with the federal government, it opens up this amazing door. So that's number one, is that decision, entrepreneur, or are you going to be an expert? The second thing that's super important is understanding how the government really buys and what they're really looking for. So many think, well, I have this product or I have this service. So for instance, I'll come across those. There was a someone I worked with who their area was IT, IT engineering, and they subcontracted to a prime contractor. So that prime contractor was able to pay them the dollar amount that they wanted. It was a great relationship. However, comma, they wanted a prime relationship with the federal government. But at the same time, they weren't exactly willing to re-examine their pricing. They weren't really interested in trying to really get to know some of the, the different agencies. And I helped them through all of this because what's really important is, number one, you have to offer to the government what they're looking for the way that they're looking for it. So if they may be looking for engineering services, but that could be 10 full-time equivalents in Idaho. And you have to decide, is that what you want to do? Also, it's very important to have these relationships with different government agencies because there's thousands and thousands of companies. And the federal government is that type of space where you could start out offering janitorial services, and if that agency loves you, why couldn't you offer IT services in three weeks or three years later? Because we do business with those that we know, that we trust, that we value, and that we like. So really understanding that. And then the, the other part to it is really knowing how to position yourself. It's very different than on the private sector because there are these federal rules that not all agencies adhere to, but many adhere to. So you can't go in and have flashy dinners and lunches and give away a bunch of stuff because then it's going to look as if you're really trying to persuade them and you don't want that to happen. So instead, I work with clients so that they know how to really capitalize phone calls with prospects emails, outreach events, LinkedIn, leveraging cell phone numbers that you receive from government agencies. Because the other thing about the federal government is often many think there's like this one place you go, you go to sam.gov or like in the movie War Dogs, you go to this website and that's where everything is listed. And that's not true. There's a lot of opportunities <laughs> that they don't put online that you're, you're, you won't even know about that they need. So you need that relationship so you come to mind, or at least you may be one of three that they're considering instead of one of 10. So um, working in those areas have really helped my clients so that they go from, hey, I don't really know what it takes to actually winning, to actually changing some things with their um, organization so that they are prepared to win. And then there are those who may decide, hey, I don't even know if I want to go this path because there, there is a lot involved. So I know that you're in a space, Kizzy, where there's tons of competitors and so-called competitors. 
So tell us how you're so different and people flock to you versus your uh, competitors. Yeah, and I'll speak from that from two places. I'll speak from it as a government contractor and how I then took that and, and applying that to GovCon. So first and foremost, out the gate, we're here to make lives easier, hands down. And what happens is many government contractors have this mindset of, I won the work, whatever the work is, it could be staffing, it could be a product, it could be help desk, who knows. And they think, well, well, we won, we're the government contractor, I have this contract, so I'm entitled to behave how I want to behave because I gave you what you wanted and what you're paying for, and that is people. And then they're out. And they don't realize it's this delicate dance. Because in this in the services area of the government, you have people who work for you, but are connected to a government agency and are working side by side with people who are typically government employees, other contractors, or military members. So where is their loyalty? Is it to you just because you pay them? But they're not the one you're you didn't issue the contract, the government agency did. Mm-hmm. So what's important is When I say we make lives easier, it's making the lives easier of our clients so that they're not bothered with some personnel issues because we take, we took a hands-off approach because, oh, we won the contract. So we're moving on to the next one. Instead, every single one of my, every single one of my team members, every single one of our clients on the government side, so important, so vital. It's all about making their lives easier. So then what ends up happening is you make their life easier they want more. You become the one-stop shop, and then they also refer you. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to the federal government, they receive this funding, and they know there's thousands of us. So why have loyalty to you? Why? If there's a person in the position working, that's who they want is John. doesn't matter who John worked for. They want John, and they don't want you to mistreat John. So we have done an amazing job. One of our clients, the USDA, has been with us for almost 10 years <laughs> because of what we've done and, and how we um, partner with them. So I took that. That right there is, is golden. And it may seem, well, doesn't everyone do that? They don't. They don't at all. And so companies won't receive option years. Agencies will try to get rid of them. Agencies will cancel efforts. I mean, there's, there's a lot that goes on. So then I took that, that mentality, that huge piece of who we are and apply that to GovCon winners and it's integral so that all of those who I touch, whether it's through my social media or through someone, you know, formally through GovConWinners.com understands your job is to make their life easier based on how they want that. And that's the other key part that people don't realize. They think cookie cutter, here's our process procedure. This is how we engage with our client. And this is what we're going to do. Great. But that's not going to work. There are agencies where they want to meet with you every week or every other day. There are others that are like, look, we can talk twice a year. There are others that are way more formal and you have to go through email chains or copy certain people But these are all things that you need to do because you're making their life easier. So you have to be flexible and that's huge. And that's what's allowed us 
to pivot from on my government contracting side, I started out in diversity and inclusion to now not only having over $50 million in government awards, but expanding into inspection, staffing religious positions, staffing IT positions, staffing all of these different areas because just understanding what's going on there. So those are some things that have really helped set everything apart. Yeah, that made great sense to me. I particularly liked when you said the USDA is a client. I think a lot of your competitors would, would never even consider the, the an agency to be a client. So that was beautiful uh, juxtaposition. So uh, what I'd like to do now, Kizzy, is I'd like, uh, I think we all have a, a fairly decent understanding of what you do. So tell us about your business. So maybe go back, I, I believe you founded the business, right? From scratch. Okay. So go back, kind of uh, walk us through the story. What I'd like particularly, and I'll make, I'll keep track. I'd like you to hit on at least three, let's call them major wins that you had and what the lessons you learned were, and maybe three failures or mistakes, or stumbles that you had and what the lessons out of that were. So start at the beginning, kind of give us the story. How did this all evolve? Yes. So I'll go into the flagship company, K Parks Consulting, which started it all. And it came from an opportunity. And that was the biggest lesson because several of us, and I'll explain who us really means, were given this opportunity and I'm the only one that took it to where I took it. So I was a graduate research fellow at now Patrick Space Force. So right before I defended my PhD, I was asked to stay on as a contractor. So I didn't really know what that meant. I just knew I enjoyed providing services to Patrick. And I know that others were offered this opportunity as time went on. And so what happened was I thought, oh my gosh, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, I sold golf balls. I sold batteries at some time. I... I was always very entrepreneurial, but I never expected to do so directly out of graduate school. So I ran with it. And one of the big learnings from that was to get help from those who seemed to be experts. I knocked on everyone's door. I went to the Small Business Administration, Small Business Development Centers, this is all here in Florida. I reached out to other government contractors because Orlando, Florida is actually a big hub for government contracting, as well as Brevard County, and just asked any and all questions. I didn't know about invoicing. I didn't know about pricing. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I literally didn't. And so meanwhile, I had classmates that were given the same opportunity and, you know, couple of them did it as a subcontractor for a little bit of time. And then one of them kind of decided not to. And, you know, I've built something where there's almost a hundred employees now with my flagship company. So along the way, it was definitely not sunshine and rainbows and cotton candy. <laughs> there were some bad actors. So one of the stumble blocks involved my own issues my own insecurities, my own issues around this mindset of scarcity. And so I wanted to trust in others so much. It was like this diet, this diet analogy where, mm -hmm. oh, I can't I just take a pill and lose a bunch of weight and get a six pack like that, right? 
So I kind of had that mentality as an entrepreneur, like, oh, isn't there someone that can help me? And it just all is amazing. <laughs> and so that all that insecurity was was probably pretty evident to bad actors. And so I had a couple people uh, take advantage and I was conned for about $50,000. Very typical, hey, I'll give you, let's work on this effort together. I received one payment, like every scam, and then that was it. Right. And that was deplorable because it was someone, my senior, and it was, it, it's, it's like the typical story. Someone you can't believe would do this to you, but they did. And it happened with someone else too. The other kind of learning along the way was as I was pivoting from just being me. So when I started out directly out of grad school, it was me. And to save money, I had grad student, uh, grad students and undergrad from my alma mater help. And then what I also did to have ongoing revenues is I taught online. So because of my advanced degree, I was, I mean, it was the heyday of e-learning and I made a lot of money teaching online in addition to growing and, you know, operating the business. So as things started to grow and I started to take on other employees, I thought again, oh, well, this person, these people I'm bringing on, they have expertise, they they really know curriculum development. They've managed people that, and no, they, they just, they weren't good hires. I mean, I don't regret any of the decisions. They were like horrible hires where I lost two contracts. It was almost a quarter of a million dollars. I had a lot of issues with just toxic environment from some of the things that they did, but I allowed it. It was part of my growth. So while it was horrible in many ways, and at the time, I, I couldn't believe it, and it took a long time to get through it, I'm so grateful for it because sometimes you, it's like you, I needed to do it. I needed to put my hand on the stove and realize, oh, yeah, that's, that's not a good idea, right? So going through that actually really changed everything with my flagship company where we tightened the handbook, put in a bunch of policies and procedures really started to lift everyone to an even higher standard. And right around that time, my flagship company started to apply for, for ISO certification. So that's why I was able to walk away because there's so many policies, so many procedures, all of these things are in place and keep something else in mind. Most of my team, pretty much everyone has always been virtual before everything happened. So it was even more important to have these in place because you, you, you know, you don't have eyes on someone or they're not necessarily going somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, the negative definitely turned into a positive. And then the other kind of pivotal moment in the journey on the government side, which then led to GovCon winners is one thing that's really cool in the government space is you can have these formal mentor protege relationships where through these relationships, they give you benefits in terms of winning. So in many ways, it, it kind of gives you a competitive edge. It really, truly does. And as a result of it, I was awarded a contract that's $23 million. And so I learned a lot from my mentor. I learned a lot of amazing things and, of course, things not to do. But what, really what I really took away from that is I made a significant change to how we pay, increasing our profit margin, as well as restructure the benefits package. And so it was beautiful because 
I found in this space, and it could have just been where I was when I first started out, everyone tried to put their template on me. Oh, you should have the big building, Kizzy, and you have your name on the building, you have the t-shirts, and you need to pay everyone every week. And you and I was just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Meanwhile, remember, I was still, you know, I'm teaching, right? I was still teaching online. And these corporations that I worked for, they didn't do that. One paid every month, one paid every three months, one paid every two weeks. And I thought, well. Don't I just get to make this up as my company, you know, which maybe you listening are like, well, hello, it is. But I didn't know this because I never really worked anywhere. I'd, I'd interned at Lockheed Martin for three months, but I never worked in that sense, right? I had little odds and ends. I worked as a crew leader at Hardee's. So that was a huge learning and a huge benefit because that's really helped with cash flow. And it's just a big part of our culture is how we pay and it's really led to a lot of longevity with our team. And that's the other thing that's super important in this space is, you know, I'm about making lives easier, hands down. And so I have a very low turnover rate. I have team members where maybe they only provide one or two services for us a year, but they're always there when we need them. And that speaks volumes. And that's so vital because once again, in this space, you have people providing services for the federal government next to federal government employees where they see their benefits, they hear about their perks. Some of them are offered jobs and end up taking them, which I think is great. They have amazing benefits. They have retirement plans, you know? And so it just has been awesome to realize just all of this was inside of me to begin with, which was the biggest learning. It was, it was all there. It was just a matter of my growth and development to get to where I am now and then to be able to hand things over. And as I was going through that journey, I started to come in contact with these like government experts. And I found it very peculiar because I hadn't ever run across such people <laughs> as I was, as I was going on this journey for over 10 years. And I'm just like, wow, there's so many people selling like how to get government contracts. I was like, wow, I had no idea. And a lot of their information is very interesting. And so I thought, wow, you know, these are people who they don't really have contracts. Cause the other thing about government contracting for the most part, it's public information. Like you can look up things, you can see things. You may not be able to see everything depending, but you can see a lot. And I realized that these so-called experts, amazing, but maybe they didn't really have any contracts. And so I thought, wow, this is, this is disheartening because many have that false belief. I get into government contracting, I'm gonna get a ton of money and I can retire and hang out on the beach all day. And that's not the case. I would say that's not the case in really any business. You still have to put in some, it's a little bit of effort, right? So that's what allowed me to pivot. And it brings me so much joy. I am so happy creating content for, for YouTube. I mean, it's just like so exhilarating and the comments and just providing, because I, I take the approach that I take, I put it out there. It's worked. It's amazing. And it's, you know, summary of all that I've learned on my journey, going from that grad student to, okay, I'll do this. I'll be a subcontractor all the way to, you know, almost having a hundred employees later and running with GovCon winners. So, uh, 
That's a beautiful story. I loved lots of your little, well, some of them are big lessons, like going from the mindset of scarcity to the mindset of abundance, your point about having everything inside, you didn't have to go anyplace else. You just needed some help kind of uncovering them a, a little bit. So tell us a bit about how you manage your business. Do you have a management team? If you do, what kind of roles do they have? Tell us about how much if you will, mental energy you put into your business versus your people. So let's go down that people road for a bit. So I always loved real flat organizations. My background is in industrial organizational psychology. So I've always loved that. It's just my preference. And so I have a director of getting things done who basically acts as the president. So she oversees all of our clients. She's also involved in QCing with finance. She's this ultimate everything. <laughs> She's everything. And so alongside with her is my amazing, she's more than a bookkeeper. She's, she's like our financial advisor, financial manager. So she's amazing. And she partners with our accounting firm. So she's been great. I also have a facility security officer, although we're not a secure company yet. Okay. What's been great about having him on the team is he's also helped with contracting. There have been some situations where things have come up and he's really helped us navigate through those situations. So he's amazing. And then I, we also have a stellar, she's like culture manager, admin, HR, so she oversees, she's my personal assistant, but she also oversees HR. She's also involved with many of the team members who are out there executing the work. Then there are team leads. Okay. So each project varies, each client. So there's like with the USDA, we have a team lead. With some of our other, cl our other clients, there may be one or two team leads. And so then they report up to our director of getting things done. But what's so great is they, they all are on the same evaluation schedule. So we have these quality reviews. And so everyone is evaluated on certain dimensions, which is very important. I want to highlight this because how else are we going to know what they're really doing? Right? I mean, <laughs> because they're not, right. Remember, they're serving our our government clients. So those are then performed by other leads. Some internal leads will evaluate the team, provide any information up as needed, because that, that's one of our, that's our most important part is making sure our team, their lives are easier and they're exceeding all of our clients' expectations. So we have that. Also, what is key is I like to have those around me who are way smarter than me. So that's pretty much everyone on my team. And it's our law firm. Our legal team, oh my goodness, they're amazing because they do not specialize in one area. They have so many different departments. They're nationwide. And I have team members all over the world. So it's super important that regardless of the issue, regardless of the state, like for instance, we had a situation where two people have filed false claims in the state of Ohio for unemployment. I don't know why Ohio, but we've had to deal with that. So it's really important that I have a solid team. So that pretty much is 
kind of the structure in a nutshell, how we operate. As far as my capacity, it's very, very, very limited. Very, 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 very limited. There may be a couple business development things that come up because I've been handing that over to our BD person and who's also a strategic advisor. It's, it's probably 10%. My mind share, maybe 5%. The only reason right now that's even coming up is because we're around, we're, we're entering a, a new quarter of the government fiscal year where they're looking to really hone in on who to make purchases with, as well as funding their opportunities and getting them out there on contract, as they would say. So very flat, very efficient team, all just amazing team. That's beautiful. I also, I love very much some of the words you use relative to these positions. So getting things done, um, culture manager, as opposed to going into, if you will, Accenture consulting and looking at all their org chart and picking out those names. Sounds to me like you make an effort not to use those kind of names, which is, which is, which is beautiful. I have, I, I, I highly recommend for everybody listening, do what she's telling you as far as names and who reports to who and what responsibilities are, all that's important. And I also particularly love you calling your, if you will, performance evaluations, quality, quality evaluation. That's such a beautiful way. It's such a, it's such, it encompasses so many things from how do we get you from here to that promotion? To how do we get you to the point where you can actually continue to be employed here. I love those choice of words. So what is holding you back right now? What are you, what's your biggest struggle for 2022? What do you see it? What are you, what are you working on, Kizzy? My biggest kind of struggle, I need a like video writer. I, I, I just kind of had this epiphany where because my whole thing, majority of my day is spent on content and and building out GovCon winners and all of these things. So it would be awesome to have someone who can capture who I am and help me script some YouTube videos. Because I would, I need to get to the point where I am releasing three to four a week. Right now, I'm releasing one a week. So that would be really helpful. The other thing. I already see I'm going to need this is a salesperson or persons, but it would be great if they have experience selling some type of course, like a, doesn't have to be super high ticket, but if that would be cool too, because as I'm starting to go on this journey, I'm getting a lot of, do you offer this? Do you offer this? I'm like, wow, this is, you know, it's great, but okay. I don't know yet. So, <laughs> but I definitely need that. Those are the, the two biggest, I would say lastly, I don't know. I mean, I may need additional help with some of my social media, but I feel like I'm kind of in a good place for that. I'm a little more impromptu with my Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, where my YouTube, I'm an amazing editor. I just, I, I, I need content. Like I need it more structured. Beautiful. So Kizzy, how, how uh, would our listeners get a hold of you and your organization? What's the fastest path to you? Okay. The fastest path. 
Wow, there's a lot of paths here. So I am pulling up my community. So this is, it's, it's, you're going to give me, it's my text community. So that number is 305, like Miami, 305-853-9481. That is the fastest way. I answer it. It's me. You're going to get me. You can also follow me. I am on YouTube, Kizzy M. Parks. I'm in a black and white dress. You'll find me. I am on TikTok, Kizzy M. Parks. I'm on Instagram, Kizzy M. Parks. Also, another really fast way to get me is on LinkedIn, Kizzy. It'll say light bulb M. Parks. DM me. Definitely DMs on LinkedIn are the fastest. Community are fast. I'm on all of these platforms. I'm on Facebook too. You can find me there. Same thing, Kizzy M. Parks. You can't miss me. I may have blonder hair at that time, but you definitely. Depends on your mood, huh? Yeah, depends on the mood. So you'll definitely find me and please connect. Say, hey, I listened. I would love to connect. You will get me. I promise you. I promise, promise, promise you. We will connect. That's beautiful. That's fantastic. So we've talked for a little bit. You've shared some fantastic insights out of your journey. So what question were you maybe waiting for me to ask you and I didn't think of it so what would that question be and what's the answer oh wow you know that's a good one I would say I people are always very curious about my name they want to know where did Kizzy come from is that your real name is that a nickname so it, it is my real name so Kizzy was given to me by my adopted parents and it came from the book Roots by Alex Haley. And the name means stay put. So my adopted parents named me that as a way to symbolize that they've adopted this baby girl and she's permanently with them. So that is where my first name came from. That is fantastic. Fantastic. So I met the several years ago, the grandson of is it Kintake? I met I met his grandson in Seattle. Oh, that's so cool. Isn't that cool? So you've got a, there's a connection. What an interesting, I love that. And I, I, now that you've re, just told me that, I think I, I do remember it all. I didn't know what it meant. That's beautiful. So thank you very, very, very much for sharing your beautiful time with us, Kizzy. That was fantastic. So everybody, look. In closing, let's focus on a single fact, and that is, and you heard this loud and clear, our businesses do not become extraordinary in a single moment. Instead, they get there as a result of the owner first learning and then applying a proven combination of having the right mindset of a dedication to a system of management, and number three, leveraging high-performance teams. So thanks very much for listening. Kizzy, thank you very much for sharing your beautiful time with us today. Thank you. Thank you.